that someone else has already said it best. This is the best method. The best ones aren't as good as you probably think they are. What is best in life? I did the best I could. Doing my best. The best. The best. Best, 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 best. Hello and welcome to Best of the Best with myself, Connor Keys, alongside me, my co-host as always, Mr. Ronan Mullen. Yep, we are here for uh, our next episode, which is based on the 1967 classic, Cool Hand Look. Uh, one of my uh, definitely top fives, I yeah, would suggest. It's, it's in definitely in my top ten now. Uh, if you have not seen it, this again is the whole uh, point of this episode. If you haven't seen it, we hope to convince you to take a look at it. Uh, if you have seen it, we hope you would agree slash disagree on what we say. I mentioned it to a person. Uh, we went to see Apocalypse Now on Tuesday night. Right. And I mentioned it to a person. Mm-hmm. And they went, oh, that's all right, isn't it? Oh, okay. And I was just staring at them for ages like, no. Yeah. We no. get we're, we're we, yeah we're gonna get a lot of that we're gonna get a lot of that. Uh, and that's all right. That's fine. That's that's okay. And uh, this is the point of this to find out uh, what we what yeah. we uh, why we like it so much and why we would class it as one of the best. Uh, the the background to the to the f- the plot to the film is. Can we just call it a prison movie? It's probably yeah. It's, the, it's yeah. in that sort of classic Hollywood yeah uh, film, mo- but it takes a slant. Yeah, so released in 1967, but set in the early 1950s. Yeah. Uh, so not long after World War Two, and it's mm-hmm. based around a new inmate to uh, a Florida chain gang, and his name is Lucas Jackson, or Luke Jackson, uh, who has been arrested for, which I think sets up the whole premise and the whole idea of the film, um, the sort of anti-establishment theme of yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, He's been arrested for uh, taking the heads off the parking meters. <laughs> taking the heads off parking meters, and they so sort of mentioned that it's because he had a few parking infractions, and he yeah. just got drunk and decided to try to cut the heads off. Steaming drunk, he went and decided to violate and deface uh, parking meters, which automatically in the first scene sort of you sort of love him cause yeah, because nobody likes parking meters, nobody no. likes parking tickets, and having and to pay for it. And it's a it's not like what we have here now where you could just put the hammer through it. Like it's a steel pole. Yeah. With the old, put the pennies in, the quarters in the top of it job. So it'd be quite difficult to knock the head off. Yeah. So he's just going round and round it with this wench. Yeah. Just to try to cut it down so until the like metal. steel cutters, yeah. <laughs> Which is fantastic. So that's what he uh, gets put into the prison for. Uh, you're talking 1967. So mm-hmm. the context of what's going on at the time. Uh... The idea in the film of the sort of anti-hero mm-hmm. um, and anti-establishment and against the man. and It's yeah. very much about the man, literally. Uh, you're in 1967, you're in the throes of Vietnam. Vietnam. Yeah, so you're in the throes of Vietnam. The sort of anti-war movement is gaining. You've just had, uh, this was released in the 1st of November, sixty-seven. Mm-hmm. So you've just had the Summer of Love. Yep. You've just had the Beatles with Sgt. Peppers. You've had... Um, massive cultural revolution yeah the biggest film of the year did you see that uh was it the graduate mm-hmm, the graduate again uh-huh. another film that sort of broke the mold of well i won't say anti-establishment but uh taboo subjects mm-hmm. to say the least <laughs> um also in the year though was bonnie and clyde bonnie and clyde in the same year and as well, yeah. in the heat of the night in the dirty dozen 
Dirty Dozen. Mm-hmm. So you, you've got a great, that's a great year. For that is, yeah. But out of all those, um, in the heat of the night, got the most sort of accolades, I think. Yeah. Got one best picture that year. And Sydney. Sydney. Uh-huh. Um, and it, uh, well, I'm right. So it was a great show. I just don't. It know is a good it, show. I just don't know if it beat Cool Hand Luke. I, I think Cool Hand Luke would have taken time anyway for it to sort of resonate. L- similar yeah. to a few things we've talked about already, it is one of them films that you need to go back to it, and then when you do, you sort of revisit it over and over. That's what I was just gonna say. I I think I have seen. I've definitely seen two versions of Cool Hand Luke, maybe four versions. I don't mean like Edits? we. I don't mean like we Donal the guy coming around <laughs> right. with the, <laughs> with he the hasn't hidden, returned. He hasn't returned with the hidden footage. Which I mean, an extra scene where there's a helicopter and <laughs> all spacecraft. All the troops Be- jump in to save him. Spacecraft in the middle. Or? No, no. Uh, no, not like that. We, I had seen. Uh, well, I was first introduced to Cool Hand Luke at the age of about thirteen, which is very young for such a film. Mm-hmm. I, I assume you were about the same age. Uh, maybe younger. N- no, it was probably the same age. Probably the same age. And, and you, how did you find it? Um, uh, the my dad had a video of it. I remember, I remember not soon or soon after that when sort of me and my brother started to collect video tapes. Really, he would. Uh, I think that's one of the first ones he got. Right. And it was just because on the video, uh, remember when they re-released like BFI and stuff were doing re-releases of classic films. Yes. And they would have documentary feature and <laughs> original trailer and you were like holy fuck there's a trailer and all and then you watched the documentary feature it was like three minutes three 30 minutes, seconds yeah. long and it was nothing you done. didn't know yeah. like. uh long before yeah long before the space where the dvds could provide with all the extras yeah. obviously uh and w- well and, and, and so for me i i was introduced very young i wish it was uh <laughs> i wish it was my father's good taste and and <laughs> film but it wasn't it was um Guns and Roses. Yep. So at the start of Civil War, which is on Use Your Illusion 2, mm-hmm. I heard this quote and I kept thinking, right, just always just associated with that song. And after getting really into the album, uh, I thought, I'm not going to find out where this is. And of course, this is pre internet. So. You had a really look. Well. Well, the liner notes? I was just going to say, all I had to do was open the, the book. The and <laughs> I opened the book inside <laughs> the CD. But it told me well done, that the uh, <laughs> it was well to tell you that the detective work was at a high premium. That was that the point. difference in the intellect of me and you at that age. <laughs> I had been going to the library pretending I was being intellectual. You just opened the fucking <laughs> opened the liner book, <laughs> and I seen uh, as they have to do now. As we know, when we get older, you realize when you use something that's not yours, you have to credit it. So it was credited as an excerpt from Cool Hand Look, and of course, being the Guns and Roses nut that I was, I thought, oh, this must be something. So to see that at that age, um, for me, was a revelation. I'm sure the same for you, because you're going to secondary mm-hmm. school. You're going to an all-boys school. Yeah. Lots of rules and regulations, and this is the ultimate fuck you film to anyone. Yeah, and it's a big fuck you album. It's oh, like the album? It, yeah, it, it absolutely. Whole lot, yeah. Going, well, if I'm listening to this. Yeah. And, and then, then I, I know what I know. So Axel Rose hasn't done much good in his life that's, that's, uh, in, in his later years, post appetite. Um, but he, uh, one thing he did do, he led me down the path of Cool Hand Luke. Uh, I don't know if I would have found that until maybe adulthood. Um, so, th- like we were saying, an anti-hero, if you want to call him that, he 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 didn't like and didn't abide by any rules. So no. sending him to a prison was going to be his, uh, uh, obviously a, a massive challenge for him, but it wasn't at the start because he just didn't give a fuck. His no. attitude when he went in there, he was 
yes, he was shackled up, but he was free as a bird. He had yeah, <laughs> it doesn't really talk or touch much on what uh, clearly uh, with the year it was based in, he had come out of the war. Yeah, as most of the prisoners had, mm-hmm. um, young men. Uh, I think he rose to the rank of sergeant, but then was uh, dismissed from the army as like a private. Yeah, he so said he got beat down. And and the the captain, which is the guy who is over the whole prison camp, yeah. when they first are brought in as new meat, he sort of that's 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 a good thing in the film because they set that tone mm-hmm. of like he reads out his army yeah, credentials. He, he reads and, it and out, but he reads it out, and he admits that they rarely do that. Yeah, but he has to because this is the man you're dealing with. Yeah, you've got Purple Hearts and you've got yeah. Bravery Awards and all the rest. And what the fuck are you didn't here mm-hmm. for parking fucking meters? So, <laughs> uh, so that starts it off, and so you realize then that this uh. Luke is just not the normal sort of character. Um, but again, it's now in hindsight, we know so many prison films, you know, Shawshank, mm-hmm. Green Mile, all those things in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. Then you have, you know, all, all the pr- prison films again. But this definitely has been, I don't want to say ripped off, but it's definitely been um, a, a tip of the hat to and loads of different films. Yeah, well, if you. Th- um <clears throat> if you think about the the films that the the particular company made this uh, made previous, particularly prison films, there was the hard edged man done wrong in prison sort of yeah. symbolism and vibe about them. But in this one, you're sort of like we've seen him do the crime. Mm-hmm. It's a criminal act. Mm-hmm. He gets convicted and put in yeah. prison There's in no the question. area that he's supposed to. There's literally no. And when he's there, he doesn't care that he's there. No. Not not once. No, and in 1967, that must have been a a massive revelation to have somebody on screen yeah. like that because... And especially was, Paul Newman. Yeah, well, it was a revelation to me in the 90s to mm-hmm. see that. Somebody that was so uh, so against everything, no rules, no regulations, anything that was laid out to him, and he would always laugh and smile at them. So, uh, and, and as you say, Newman was not the... Newman wasn't the first um, choice. No. Because this is based on a book by Don Pierce. Yeah. So it's a novel of the same name, and even he didn't want Newman. Uh, no, he in didn't the role. want Newman. Right. Let me just. I want to say something about Don Pierce first. We're going to go back to who's playing. Don Pierce was in the war. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. He was a merchant marine. He was caught counterfeiting, so he was sent to a prison in France. He then escaped. <laughs> got back to America somehow. Learned how to be a safe cracker. She do. Right? Was touted on. Sentenced to two years in the chain gang. <laughs> and heard this story. But he heard a basic version of it. He just yeah, heard he just about heard a, guy a guy called Luke Jackson. Yeah. He, knew, he was amazing in the banjo. He was a great poker player. And he ate 50 egg bones. <laughs> and that's all he heard. And yeah. he went off. That was now, enough. Yeah. That, that book was released in 65. And it was made into a film by 67. Yeah. But it was in a bargain bin where Stuart Rosenberg found it. Right, okay. Um, yeah, because so he had no real... He hadn't, he hadn't done a film before. It was his first film. What a fucking first film to do. He had TV credit. Hmm. Um, now, we're going to talk about all the, the guys involved in a bit, but you're 100% correct. He, The writer who ended up helping with the screenwriting, it was a guy called Pearson as well, who wrote the majority of it, including mm-hmm. the famous quote that you've talked about in Guns N' Roses song. But... He didn't want him because he thought he was too blue-eyed boy. Even though at that stage, Newman had already been in like HUD and stuff. Yeah. Where he oh played yeah. a real badass. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. 
and he came into this sort of like a beat dog, but still a bad bastard. He's yeah. still like a guy that you, you knew he wouldn't take any shit, but I just, I'm, I can't think of anyone else. And I know that's safe to say when you've watched the film. Yeah. But I couldn't think. If you had the three options, and here are the three options. Okay. Jack Lemmon was, uh, owned the production company which made this film. Mm-hmm. So Jack Lemmon was considered, first and foremost, that's the man mm, who's getting the role. Okay. Jack Lemmon himself said, it's not for me. No, I don't. I, I can't say it, but... An extremely smart move. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Because I can't... I watched Some Like It Hot recently. Mm-hmm. And I can't... No, you couldn't have seen that. So... But who was who was number three? Well, number two was Telly Savalas. <laughs> Kojak? Fucking Kojak? Get out of it. Which you can see playing Dragline. Absolutely not as fucking Luke, no. Luke? Telly Savalas. Right. Was the number one. And that's. But he was in the Dirty Dozen. Mm-hmm. So that was the same year. So that's mm-hmm. obviously why Telly Savalas. That's exactly why. Right. He okay. turned it down. Right. It wasn't anything to do with. It was between him and Newman. He turned it down. Because right. he was too busy. Uh, well, at least Jack Lemmon could admit it wasn't for him, but Savalas was just a scheduling problem. Who loves it, baby? <laughs> Can you imagine? I can't actually. That's the fucking thing. How's he just... going to sing fucking Plastic Jesus and play the banjo <laughs> like a fat head now? Sucking a lollipop. How do you get the words out in a lollipop? Uh, right. I tell you, Savalas is Jennifer Aniston's godfather. Did you know that? Yeah. That was fucking old, That was one of the mental trivias that popped up in my early film magazine. No, I, I remember seeing that before and going, what? Anyway, uh, so again, Newman played it so well. You when we talk about dragline then we should bring it in so george kennedy uh played dragline and dragline he is the alpha male basically he's yes. the sort of he's from the, from the get-go as soon as he comes in he's the main man he's in charge and he's a big and guy he can spot that luke is too cool for school like does something about him as soon as luke comes in he knows this guy he's small he's wiry he's not going to be physically a threat but there's something about the attitude of, uh, of him that uh dragline does not like uh, George Kennedy in this is fucking supreme. Well, if we're going to talk about George Kennedy, there's something I need to talk about first. <laughs> and it's just about Paul Newman. Right. Paul Newman, in the seven-year period uh, of this film, going from 61 to 68, mm-hmm. this is what he made. The Hustler, mm-hmm. Torn Curtain with Hitchcock, mm-hmm. Ombre, which was uh, the script for this, was based, a lot of it was based on the attitude of the character. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. That's right, yes. Harper. Right. And Cool Hand Luke. That's quite a resume now, for that's six years. Six, that's seven years. Seven years. Jesus. Now you mentioned The Sting, The Life and Times of Judge Roy Bean, Tower and Inferno, Slapshot, which is a fucking Slapshot brilliant is film. Slapshot fucking brilliant film. Um, and I think my favorite newman film which is the verdict which verdict is the slash yeah david mamet and sydney lumet it's fucking unbelievable and, and the color of, the color of money was and right, he won yeah. his only oscar that's right color, of, color money. of money yeah now this is only one of four actors to be nominated for an academy award in five different decades right only four and it's him lawrence Olivier, and michael Caine, and nicholson he's a democrat political activist massively into women and gay rights was on the enemies list of Nixon he was right. 19th on Nixon's infamous list Jesus his own line of foods donates every penny of profit uh, after tax to charity 
and something the region half a billion has been raised since that's the sauces and stuff and fucking human sauces are, are, are the bomb and they're good they are fucking unreal yet after all of this mm-hmm. he's in the most important film of his life at that stage because not only is he the leading man and the whole world's watching going I wonder if he can pull this off mm. which he does he's very good in it oh he's unreal yeah. he's Oscar nominated for it as well but George Kennedy the guy from fucking Naked Gun <laughs> steals the uh, whole show. That is so that's so bad that Naked Gun happened at the same. I I discovered Cool Hand Luke around about the same year. I discovered Naked Gun, which was <laughs> so hard really? to watch. Yeah. Oh, you can't. <laughs> you can't. I think Naked Gun is around that ninety four, ninety five, around about the guns. You're just looking. <laughs> uh, it it's and he's like a he's like a second rate character in Naked Gun. He's not the main man. No, though. he's not. No, so he's the he's the uh, Frank Drebin's, uh uh, Police chief or captain? Captain Ed Hawken. Ed Hawken. Uh, amazing performance in that. Um, but you have to. I suppose if you were of the age where you had seen him in the cinema doing Cool Hand Luke, and then you were to watch Naked Gun, mm-hmm. and you know you could really appreciate. But at the time, I ha- I think I had seen Naked Gun first before seeing Cool Hand Luke. <laughs> so to go back and see, and you're like, oh, fuck us, Captain Ed. <laughs> <laughs> he has some great lines, though, but I know that's that's a, really that's does. another day. So, but yeah, he he he's the alpha in the prison. He runs things. He uh, he runs all the gambling. He runs all the uh, the the hooky fights. He does all the 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 card games. Anything that's happening, he's he's in charge. So, uh, Luke coming along, um, Luke's catches on right away. Yes, he knows who's in charge. He sees he's the. It's he's the, the sort of attitude where you, if if Dragline wasn't there, and it was just the standard prison setting. Mm-hmm. Luke would have just sat out the sentence and not done anything. Yeah, but it's because this guy was there and he could see. I I have a guy here that could be my buddy. Yeah, but at the minute we're on two opposite scales, and let's try to level the playing field a wee bit. And and he does it in so many ways. I mean, we talk about. Uh, Dragline has his rules, but obviously the rules are of the rules of the prison, obviously, because they're mm. fucking inmates, and that's the way yeah, yeah, they yeah. go. But uh, skewing, you've got... Skewing the, the authority a wee bit, and they let him wave it because it's nothing too... It's not too big at the start. No. No. Um, but he, even the smile, obviously, on a podcast, you can't see the smile, but we hope you enjoy it when you do see it. But the smile on Luke's face when he's getting the rules and regulations read yeah. out to him, it's a, such a long list. We'll, we'll we'll try and see if we can we can join it in the middle of it here. Do you hear uh, Carl, the, the floor walker? Who yeah. sets out the rules? Any man don't bring back his empty pop bottle spends a night in the box. Any man loud talking spends a night in the box. You got questions? You come to me. I'm Carr, the floor walker. I'm responsible for order in here. Any man don't keep order spends a night in the box. I hope you ain't <laughs> gonna be a hard case. Right away, I hope you're not going to be a hard case. That's just <laughs> the look That's on Clifton his face. James playing the floor and he's brilliant in it too. He's there isn't it, a yeah. flaw, to be honest. No, there isn't a bad part in it. Kennedy, as I say, is one of the... He, he got the Oscar. He's the shining light because... He won um, the Best Sporting Actor. For he won the Best Sporting Actor. It was nominated for four. Mm-hmm. Um, not Direction, bizarrely. No. Screen, uh, screenplay, was it? No, it was... Uh, yes, it was. You're right. Screenplay, um, score, and actor. Mm-hmm. And then best supporting was the only one that won. Yep. But um, again, that's a year that the graduate Bonnie and Clyde. But funny enough, the graduate only won one Oscar that year, and it was director. And that's the first time that's ever happened. 
Yeah, the, the uh, it didn't win. It didn't win anything else. Anything else on director, which is yeah, uh, and you know, there's there's other small parts in it. Not really many people would know or would have followed, but of course the the the, the young Hopper, young Dennis Hopper, is in the, in the background. Babble of goods, babble of guts, babble of goods. And he uh, doesn't he doesn't have a single doesn't word. have very, uh, doesn't does he speak at all? He, he might, mumbles. He might mumble something. That's it. But uh, this is what. Two years before Easy Rider, mm-hmm. Easy Rider sixty nine was it? Uh, Rest in peace, Peter Pan. <laughs> Good old Peter F. Uh, the the cast are, are are amazing, but that all does revolve around Luke. Yeah. Um, the 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 sort of challenge that he ends up making to Dragline, um, uh, it turns into a fight, which it is the organized fights. So uh, anybody you want to fight, you fight organized mm-hmm. on Saturday afternoon. And yeah. you get it going. So, Dragline says, "I'm going to deal with you on the Saturday," and the fight happens. And I think this is the first time when people, especially the the inmates, really caught on to Luke's mind, as opposed mm-hmm. to obviously his body, because Dragline's a big fucker, like an like, absolute a, a monster. Like, and uh, you've seen it in later in 1999. You've seen Life, Eddie Murphy and Martin yeah, yeah. Lawrence. You've seen the same fight yes, taking place, yes, exact same, same setup. fight, same setup. The big guy taking the small guy, and the small guy doesn't give up. Um, but there was no comedy in this one. No, it was quite serious. It's time. brutal. It, it gets very brutal. And For nineteen sixty-seven, it's yeah. If it was nowadays, it would be like yes, yeah, like the Fight Club beating, like it would yeah. be that bad. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It was so it was quite graphic, and you take everything into account by the time the scene ends. So Luke does not give up. He keeps getting bit and bit mm-hmm. and bit, and just does not sit. And uh. I think the score around that because it turns very ominous at the end. You yep. can see the the spectators, if you want, the other inmates, their faces all changing when they release. Yeah, there's a lot of shots to people squinting and looking away. And yeah, we don't want to. And they're whispering to him, just far. yeah, stay down. Like you know, you don't have to do this. You know, and he doesn't. Yeah, that is it, in the fight. All you have to do is stay down, yeah. and you've lost. Yeah, but he keeps he getting up, keeps even though he's up. completely battered. Yeah. Now that scene in particular took three days. Right. Three days of them fighting. And it had to be obviously at the same time of day, mm-hmm. so they were preparing themselves mentally all night, and they, were, they didn't shoot anything else but that in the three days. So that, that everyone involved was beaten. Like yeah. people who weren't involved in the fight were mentally beaten. People were drained, and these are guys who all lived in a hotel together, not far away from where the set was. Mm-hmm. And the set wasn't in Florida; it was in California, and they rebuilt. They right, rebuilt it. Stockton, they got California, like, pictures and yeah. stuff of this actual. Uh, I think they facility. went to the place. They got uh, actual measurements and, and going. They, they, they said they built it. Yeah. They, they even brought in like the Louisiana moss to hang from the trees to make <laughs> it look like it was Florida. Unreal. And it was, um, it was that sort of detail and that sort of. So these people are on in a hotel all together, and they didn't take like cars and professional buses and limos to the set. They got the truck that they sit on the back of when they're paving the road. Right. They got so that they all travelled back and forth. So they had to keep them in that mindset mm-hmm. that you're in prison. You're in prison, yeah. So these people were going back to the hotel room and sitting thinking, Jesus, it's going to be rough tomorrow. <coughs> and then they're going, we'll have to do another day. But like, this is, no, I don't know about that. This is tight going. <laughs> but yeah, that, that scene in particular is the, that's the turning point in the film. Yeah. It's then that Luke's attitude is, I, I've, I've, I've got a gang here. Yeah. And we can be anti the establishment we can be anti the man we can be anti the captain yeah and godfrey and and that's yeah so godfrey uh is, we should point out is sort of the 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 faceless man the man with the mirrored sunglasses mm-hmm. who's the sort of head warden who is very ominous very 
threatening and he's the boss he's in charge yes boss walking here boss <laughs> and he uh a fucking absolute pure assassin with a rifle <laughs> shooting in England <laughs> he's a fucking snake? turtles snakes anything he's going but uh, uh he uh, again sets that sort of the man status uh the captain has always freaked me out just because of his voice but uh and that was always his voice he's in loads of westerns and yeah he, he, that's his voice that's his he voice. can't do anything <laughs> nothing can do about that he's but not it's putting just that voice yeah on? It's the most sinister sounding voice because it's so funny sounding. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you've got those sort of symbols of the sta- of the system as such. But it's that day after the beating that Luke gets. It's that night where he ends up getting the nickname. Mm-hmm. And it comes from a poker game. Yeah. Where he uh, he's betting um, very strong on his hand. He's betting a dollar a time. Which at that time you're talking probably realistically was about $50 at a go maybe. If in today's money, you know, or, it, was, it was enough. A very healthy uh, finger blessing. Yeah. <laughs> in modern in modern times. prison terms. Is that, what's over, is that how we're judging them as sexual favours as I'm currency? Going, I'm going okay. on modern HBO documentaries. <laughs> Just going on Oz. Oz. <laughs> uh, so <Ugh. laughs> That's the first note in Oz? <laughs> is that the theme tune? Like? Uh, you know you're getting a splurge uh, oh, to start God. things off. That's, that's not, that's not going to be good. <laughs> uh, so yes, yeah, so the he's got a dollar a go, and obviously um, Dragline is is against him as such. But he's over the shoulder of the boy he's left against, and encouraging him to bet and bet back. Um, Luke does what he does and just continues on, and the guy has to has to fold. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can't afford to get in and. When they turn over the hands, it turns out he had sweet fuck all. Nothing. Pure nothing. Uh, which obviously was just a, a fantastic bluff. Uh, mm-hmm. And great to see them. But Dragline then just, that's when he went, this is my boy. This is a... Uh, well, that's... He, even that's like, what was it? He says, even, like, even just says, like today. Luke says, he goes, nothing, you've had nothing. Luke goes, yeah, well. Sometimes having nothing is a real cool hand. Yeah, and that's my boy, cool hand. <laughs> and and that's, that's a, a cool way. hand look, yeah, it comes into it. And uh, you can see then um, Dragline really taking him in, um, becoming like a, not a fatherly figure. But no, just not even a mentor, just, just like a, a partner. Yeah, and even even more so, like almost like a follower. You could see mm-hmm. him nearly just to yeah. believe in the look, especially when he gets to the, the, the infamous tarmacking scene. Yeah. Not that type of tarmacking but uh, real tarmacking there's another tarmacking I'm not going to talk about this one am I yes Uh, but so you get then uh, you get a lot of uh, you get a lot of if you want to talk about you get a lot of um, symbolism within the Mm -hmm. film um, at the start, that's when I, when I talked about earlier on. I seen three or four different versions of it. What What do you mean by that? So the first time I watched it, it was just like, "Fuck, he's a rebel. He's an absolute rebel. He doesn't agree." Oh, you with, don't mean like I don't mean four different edits. No, I you mean, mean like you went through four different phases, like phases of, of watching it. So it's experience, understanding it, and then seeing the sort of hidden meanings behind it, the symbolism and the stuff behind it. At, at that came in, in later years, but the start, I just seen him as a rebel who didn't follow the rules, didn't believe in uh, rules and regulations and uh, without good reason. Like, he never, ever questioned being put inside. Like you no. said, he knew he did the crime. No. no problem with that. It was the stupid rules and regulations inside, like we heard Carl, just at the tail end, given one or two lines there, but he has, like, maybe 40 rules, um, or you go for the night in the box. 
so he he that's how I first seen it. But then I, in later years, then finding out about the Christian yeah. symbolism. There's a lot of Jesus symbolism. So and 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 then watching it with that, looking for that symbolism, and then then realizing fuck he there's is actually I, jesus <laughs> it's actually jesus. it's a reference of jesus and how he's going about and how jesus first appeared so i'm not going to get all religious in it all but the, no the, and I, I, to be honest with you some of it's laid on so thick i think part of us went nah yeah like lying on the table with the and, and so i always still watch it with my first viewing thought of just i don't see it anymore i can't help not see it now you can't help not look at like him lying on the table mm-hmm. As if he's in the crucifix, you, you know, and the cross, and the cross the all the stuff. And you see all the, even the number, his prison number is 37. So Luke 1, 37 is, yeah. you know, there's a quote that matches to the film. And, yeah. you know, so uh, all that stuff is there. But uh, I still love to see it as an anti-establishment film, which yeah, is how it was agree. first taken. I think you have to really look into the detail to see the, the religious stuff. Well, that, that's the that's the sort of beauty of when people try to make uh, a symbolic sort of motif in a film. Yeah. For some people, it's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. But to others, you don't even see it. Yeah. But and once you do see it, it's hard not to fucking see no, it. No, no, I know. It, we know it's You know, there. when you hear them, like, there's one point at the end when they're they're so in awe of him, where they're, like, he, he just roars, stop feeding off me. Yeah. You know, and you can see that sort of Christ mm-hmm. story being that was told, or is told. Um, the same feeling. You great know, tale. Stuff, you know, great tale. Great tale. Um, the martyrdom then and all that sort of thing and the, and the, the rise and fall, if you want to call it that. Yeah. Um, and even the, the start, the struggle of the coming in, not being appreciated, not being listened to and being sort of weirdo and then converting people. Dragline mm-hmm. being the obvious one. Um, converting him to his side and stuff. So, again, you can't not see it now. Yeah. But I just love it for the couple of real standout scenes and you've seen other prison movies do it Shawshank being a good example so the tarmac scene of, of Cool Hand Luke can very easily be related to the, the tar of the roof and yep. the Shawshank when yep. the boys get a, a drink of, of beer or whatever and Andy Dufresne is the, the man mm-hmm. Luke is the man in this one you know and because uh, he gets them fucking to the, they tarmac the road in record time and the, the record, lawyers like it, was yeah. nev- it was never meant to be done in the, the period no, of time it was supposed they, to be a hard long yeah, dog like it was going to be days and they got it done in the yeah the, I hate to call in their shift but it was yeah. the same shift every day so yeah it was in the shift looks f- shoveling like fuck up yeah like, fuck and Ken, like dragline's going what did you do we've got all the eagles fuck. fucking stick it to the man fuck them let's do it and yeah, they, they all just get going yeah just moving up here boss moving up <laughs> just keep shoveling moving up moving up and even the the guards are so on edge. They're going, "What?" Yeah, the, oh. Godfrey's cocking the gun. Ah, he's ready to shoot because he's thinking, "What the fuck is going on?" And uh, they get it done. And when they, it's that smile when they get to the end of the road, Newman, that fucking Newman smile where he's just, "Fuck you, we yeah. did it. We four hours left to go here. Uh-huh. Fuck you and fuck the system." Uh, and you can't not love that. Um, no. It's it's a fantastic scene, but it has been, as I say, replicated so many times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sometimes. Uh, Sort of satire, but mm-hmm. satire too, yeah. But but in but in you know with respect, yeah. Uh, cartoons and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think life uh, that that film I mentioned, Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence. I think it's probably the, the closest maybe comedy ripoff of Cool Hand Luke, except maybe two characters. But the, the amount of scenes and the amount of references, it's set yeah. in the chain gang thing. It's 
shaking the tree here, boss. There's a couple mm-hmm. of fucking yeah, prison all. escapes. There's the fight. There's all. It literally is cool hand Luke, but no, um, very, very similar. But done was in a comedy way and and said obviously in the black prison with Eddie Murphy. With Eddie Murphy, no, that's all you need to say. You gonna eat the cornbread, <laughs> <laughs> Jing Lang? You gonna take my name, cornbread? <laughs> Jing Lang, Jing Lang, <laughs> Bernie Mac, the fucking legend. Uh, so yeah, I and mean, it's sad that film too. It is. It's sad. It is. Yeah, it's absolutely. much sadder than Cool Hand Luke because Cool Hand Luke sort of it, it doesn't, despite the end, which we'll get to. But well, obviously, well, I you mean, don't you don't want to spoil the end. But I mean, if you're if you're here, is talking about a Jesus fucking uh, yeah, reference. Well, obviously, you're gonna. You if you're this happens. far in, then. Yeah, if it's 1967 and you haven't looked at him by now, you fuck. Bruce about. Willis is dead in the fucking sixth sense. Shut your mouth. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Like, if you're here and you haven't watched it and you don't... And it doesn't... It's literally the last scene. Yeah. We're ruining not one inch of nope. an amazing... Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, so, I mean, I, I I, think then the most sort of... Well, the most iconic line... We'll play that line. The line that, that everybody uh, is aware of, that I came aware of from... Guns N' Roses Civil War um, I only only when I watched the film for that first time at home and mm-hmm. heard it in the film did I go hey, that's different that's from Guns N' Roses I was still in the library researching where it came from <laughs> where it came from <laughs> <laughs> years later uh, so yeah here we are here we have the captain when he's returning Luke back to camp after his first prison attempt maybe or yeah, second yeah. or th- whatever prison attempt it was and uh He's just had him an awful fucking smack across the jaw with his baton, um, and sent which is really violent. It's quite violent, yeah. They all mean it's slappy guy. Yeah, And Newman, it looks to be unless it's very good camera work, it looks to be Newman does the actual <laughs> fall and roll across yeah. the screen. But anyway, so you can hear the 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 film, which this this actual this quote then became number eleven. In the top it 100 was, uh, really of the American Film Institute. Which quotes. I didn't think it would be, but... Yeah, number 11, which is quite high up there. Um, you did the same research as me, so number one was... Uh, get off my boots, buddy. Not? No, it wasn't that one, funnily that's, enough. That's from National Lampoon's European Vacation. <laughs> it's not. It's not it's that, that one. made it up. No, it's not that What one. is it? Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Oh, really? Yeah, going with the wind. Um, Lambs must be up there, though. Uh no. Uh number two was Star Wars? F- no. Um made a monopoly I'll make a monopoly can't oh, really? Yeah. Uh third one was from like on the waterfront, that big long could have been, been a contender. contender that, that whole speech. Brando fucking playing himself in the back <laughs> backyard. <laughs> well, this is number eleven. What we've got here is failure to communicate. Some men you just can't reach. So you get what we had here last week, which is the way he wants it. Well, he gets it. And I don't like it any more than you, man. Yes, the sadistic fucker of a captain. So, uh, again, that quote then became quite um, uh, iconic, obviously. Um, but it's it was the start of him conning them. Again, Luke never, never stops. So, uh, became like a, became like a manservant for them. Became like a, a real lick, sort of doing whatever they want. Yes, boss. Yes, boss. I'll do this for you, boss. Go and fight this. Luke fights this, and yeah, everybody. He, he, he gets broken a few times. He gets broken a few times, and he and because it's when he gets caught with the dogs and stuff. Yeah, and uh, which which is one of my favorite lines. After he comes back, after getting caught with the dogs, remember there's a guy in particular who runs the dogs, and he goes. 
you get the smell so bad, I can almost check you myself. <laughs> and then Luke goes, well, <laughs> that ought to be easy for a genuine son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and the whole voice behind him are all freaking like, ah! <laughs> genuine son of a bitch. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, so many. <laughs> uh, so, the, the, like, uh, this film, if you, if you were to sort of try and convince people, obviously, it's it's a great prison film. Um, it's a great anti-establishment film. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a well acted film because I, somebody <laughs> I mentioned to somebody uh, the other day about doing it, and they're like, "It's an old film, isn't it?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. I was yep. Fun. I was like, "Yeah." Yep. Like, don't like old films. <laughs> I was like, "What?" <laughs> um, it's Jesus Christ! You can you could literally because it was 1967 and set in the early 50s. You know, with Blu-ray, the 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 remastered version is fucking unbelievable. You would swear yeah. it was filmed today. Uh, so just pretend that's it was I, released today, but it's set in the nineteen fifties. Yeah. and that's where I most recently watched it. Yeah, uh, um, absolutely. I got the the Blu-ray special oh, edition. It's unbelievable. The cinematography, it's, like. it's so beautiful. Obviously, um, the the chain gang stuff when they're out on the roads. Oh, um, the, the 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 shot going up over the the fields when they're cutting the fields yes. on the sides, oh, yeah. and all the dust of the road and the sun in the background going down. Oh fuck me, like it's and and some of the lighting stuff and the trickery they did. Um, there's even a shot in the back to the religious symbolism. There's a shot where he uh, gets a punch in the middle of the fight, and his head just goes back, and the sun then is over his head, yeah. <laughs> like Jesus, like oh, the shining good. light around. Yeah, it. It's yeah, unbelievable. Uh, and you've got then so <laughs> you've got some of the. The funny parts too. I mean, you've got the the is it we call it the pervin scene? Wait. <laughs> oh, I knew you get fucking excited when we get the pervin no, scene. Hang on, hang on, stop. Hang on, hang on. Okay, you've got. This is Lucille. <laughs> There's a lot of story about Lucille, but oh, Lucille. For me, <laughs> <laughs> this was the moment <laughs> when I was thirteen. There was a lot of pause. The, the pause and the rewind button. <laughs> got off of your bathroom and that thing. Oh, Jesus, you had your dad's tape. The tapes. <laughs> and this was before digital. <laughs> so when I seen it on the digital. <laughs> <laughs> now. When all you had was that Friday night Euro <laughs> trash. <laughs> there wasn't even a remote for the video play. You had to go and sit in front of it. Or hope the brother didn't turn around. Stop, rewind. And play, hope, hope your wine didn't get caught in the fucking drawer. <laughs> no, Long play. This this scene, right? This scene, the girl was brought in. Uh, I think she was like just a bit part actor, but she was in TV shows in the background of like surf films and bikinis doing the dancing. Mm-hmm. All this. So she gets brought in there like, yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. Doesn't It just needs to be a woman. Yeah. But because uh, Stuart Rosenberg wanted the film to be again so authentic... Uh, he had banned wives, girlfriends, etc. from the set. So when these boys went back to the hotel, mm-hmm. they were in the hotel room. Yeah. Then they were coming straight back to the prison. So they didn't want to give them too much of a of a realisation that the real world is out there. They had to stay within the confines of this prison mindset. Yeah, get them in that mentality, yeah. So you, what you don't want to do mm-hmm. is when you're halfway through a big film shoot and these boys are all... <laughs> is drop in this particular girl... And have them stare at her. Yeah. Because it could have been a riot. Absolutely. So what they did was they filmed them first. 
they had a girl standing with an overcoat just washing the car and the guys just reacted mm-hmm. it was just like a teenage girl so they weren't yeah you know getting all amped up but she wasn't doing anything sexy or anything suggestive she was just washing the car but it was just a focal point for them to all stare directly at the same thing mm-hmm. which you never see um and that took about half a day to film and it's an iconic scene because it has some mighty lines <laughs> like <laughs> george kennedy goes my lord whatever i've done don't strike me blind for another couple of minutes <laughs> so we need to give the context to it so basically they're out on the on the road and they're uh cutting down hedges or or, or ditches or whatever so they're they're digging, ditch. they're, they're digging a ditch so they're doing oh that's right they're digging so they're digging mm-hmm. a ditch and they're doing uh, obviously chain gang stuff for their punishment and uh across the way is lucille there's now, we don't know what her name is, but George, our drag line, has just named her Lucille because anything is beautiful and that must be named Lucille. <laughs> and so she's just blonde girl who is out washing her car. So like I said, it's the Pervin scene. Um, it's it's highly provocative. Her name it, is Joy Harmon. Joy Harmon, that's right. Sorry, yeah. I had to look it up because it's not respectful. Uh, I, I, knew, I knew that. Joy Harmon. And uh, a lot of joy she brought you to. Uh, and Joy Harmon's role was basically just to be wash this car. And yeah. the the car wash then was the ultimate temptation for the lads who are obviously in prison, so they can't in prison. Can't now, give anything, the, again, what I'm talking about is from the actor's perspective shooting the film. Mm-hmm. As Connor has just said rightly, this is guys who we don't know how long they've been in prison. Mm, absolutely, yeah. So they're all losing oh, yeah. their absolutely minds, absolutely losing the bat. And if you watch the scene, I'm not going to really describe it because I've already been disgusting. <laughs> As I said, well, you film, would w- before you go any further, you would know it was made in the sixties. Yes, in you would. that whole sort of free love. That's yes. definitely quite erotic. So what we have is half a day or so of filming for the shot of the man reacting to the woman. Mm-hmm. Do you know how long it took to film Lucy? <laughs> <laughs> Four years. <laughs> Three more days. <laughs> he took a day. For a woman that doesn't speak, Stuart Rosenberg. Ah. Uh, Fuck. Well, it's supposed to take half a day as well. Because he's just filming Definitely. a person cleaning a car. Definitely shot And then the, shot she would the suggestively look over. Yeah. It took three days. And Stuart Rosenberg had to take, he was the director. He took a day <laughs> with just him and her. Of course. With him did. showing her exactly what to do. Of now, to be absolutely fair, she said he showed her exactly what. So he was doing all the moves. <laughs> <laughs> then, two days to film it because oh. of all the different angles and cuts. Well, I mean, how, I mean, obviously, would t- I, I can foresee, you know, how long that would take because you, when you want boobies soapy and rubbing against the glass pane windows, you know, <laughs> you want to, you want to make sure that shot's good. So it's you're going to have to make them do it. <laughs> like I say, you know, it was shot in the 60s. You know it, was so <laughs> it was a very, uh, um, free love, man. I, I was going to say it's a tokenistic thing, but actually it, it played a good part in the, f- I know she was definitely objectified. But there's a great line from Luke, because um, one of the boys turns to her and says, oh my God, she doesn't know what she's doing. And Luke goes... Yeah, that's what I was going to say. She knows exactly what she's doing. Yeah. yeah. She knows... And I remember We're that. here, she can see us. She, you know, just that one line when he says, she knows exactly what she's doing. You're like, ah, yeah, okay. But he's still looking. Oh, he's still looking, yeah. Drag yeah. <laughs> line. <laughs> Taking them off here, boss. Yeah. Taking the sunglasses off, and then he's putting them back on again. Yeah. He doesn't <laughs> I don't know if it can make me see any better. I don't know. <laughs> Take them off here, boss. <laughs> but George Kennedy says in an interview later, and he's like an old man, and he's trying to be extremely respectful. He's just like, she was the loveliest shape of a woman. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yeah. Yeah, she was. <laughs> you love seeing that older generation um, trying to find um, the politically correct terms. <laughs> shapely woman. 
Uh, so yes, the boys are. Uh, they get through that. <laughs> they get through. They get through that. That. All right. Um, they all slept very soundly that night. Um, so back to. I mean, the other the other thing, and this is again, there's so many references to Jesus in this thing. Um, well, the other his, com- the other comedy scene. Yes. Well, well it, it's well, not really comedic. I was, it's not going to be Well, I wasn't even going to get to that. I'm going to get the Jesus scene of of his mother and the scenario there. So yeah, uh, he doesn't. He has a relationship. There's no father. There's an absent father. There's no mention of him. Um, he says at one point, I wish I had got to meet him. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so he doesn't know his father. There's a, a strange relationship with the mother where she loves him more than the rest of the siblings. Yes. Um, he doesn't call her mother. He calls her Arletta. He calls her Arletta. The whole way through. Which so always confused me. The first always confused me the first time I didn't I wasn't realize. 100% it was his mum. Because I, again, I thought, is this his fucking lover? I because he keeps calling her Arletta. But then the more you talk, you know, you, you have to obviously listen to the dialogue. You realize, all right, okay, this is mother. But again, it still was confusing. Mm-hmm. Didn't know why she was in the back of a fucking pickup. <laughs> but yeah, it turned out, over. yeah, yeah, it turned out then. I mean, she was she was poor. I mean, that's what it yeah. was. This was her sort of uh, <laughs> mobility scooter, mm-hmm. if you want to call it that. <laughs> but uh, she was dying, obviously. So yeah. that was like, so then uh, uh, she dies at the point of the film, he and the only worried. thing he has is a banjo. So it sort of showed you the background he came from as well. As much as he was a war hero and stuff, they didn't have anything. No, um, they had a farm, but she told him during that that she's going to leave it to the other siblings. Yeah, so him going to prison, he really had nothing to lose. Yeah. Except his uh, mother was still alive. Yeah. So he's in there and he's told his mum's passed away. And it's one of the most poignant scenes in the film. Yeah, when he takes out the banjo. Mm-hmm. And I, did, I didn't realise, I see him play it in the film. I didn't realise he didn't know how to play the banjo. He didn't know how to play the banjo. Yeah. Um, and another actor in the film... Another famous actor who recently passed away, Harry Dean Stanton. Yes, that's right. He, he sings a song. He sings in, another in song at the point. Yeah, they're trying. Um, yeah. But he teach, he taught Paul Newman how to play. Uh, yeah, they had to stop production or something for three days or something. Like that. Well, it was the last take of it, and it was the last day, and they were going, "If you don't get this now, we're yeah. dubbing it in. We don't care." Yeah. But Newman knew how good the scene would be in the film, and how it would change every time he tried to break out. We would go, "I ah, give it a fucking yeah. go." And and it actually. Because he only learned how to play it, you can see that he's not that good. And yeah, that was that the point good. of it. It doesn't have to be that good but, because but it's he could have been amazing. Yeah. But because yeah. of why he's playing it at that mm-hmm. particular moment, thinking about his mum, thinking yeah. about that's it, he's nobody else left. Mm-hmm. You would be a bit scatty on it playing yeah. it, yeah, and a bit sort of absent-minded, and it works. And you know, so that's that's that was him. Sort of after that, it became a have nothing, literally nothing to lose. Yeah. Um, and then, but they were breaking him down, and they were breaking down his. Uh, as well, because that's that's mm-hmm. the thing, you know. He, uh, I think at one point he says he can, he can't. They can beat me with sticks, but they can't, they can't beat my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it leads us to the the sort of the biggest, I, I suppose, the funniest one, but the, the most iconic scene. Which is just I keep saying most iconic scene. All of them are fucking iconic. That's a problem. It's the most iconic because uh, it's referenced. It's referenced everywhere you go. A lot. Yeah. And it's bizarre. It's so weird. And it's uh, we're full circle to give us a, a bit of a callback to what we said earlier on. The, the, the urban myth of Luke Jackson who uh, played the banjo and ate 50 eggs. Yep. So this comes into the film where... So I don't the, know. So stop, a, stop there. There is a fucking <laughs> lunatic who did this. <laughs> Somebody somewhere has yep. either did it or has proclaimed to do it. Uh, I said he could eat 50 eggs. So Luke, at some point, he's sitting strumming on the banjo and somebody said, uh, either they're reading an article or something mm-hmm. about a guy who eats eggs. And Luke just... Just shouts out a number? Just like goes, that wasn't even close to the number they yeah. were talking. He just says, I, 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 I can eat 50 eggs. I can eat 50 eggs. And then someone went, and how long? And he was like, an hour. 
And then, of course, the gambling heads go, oh, I'll take yep. a bit of that action. A bit. So, Ain't no man going to be 15. <laughs> no man going to be 15. <laughs> so, Dragline, of course, being the, uh, again, the religious reference, he is St. Peter sort of thing. He is the new disciple, the apostle. He he believes in Luke, but he's sort of half going, yep. Jesus Christ, you said 50. Could you not have picked the, why did you pick 50, Luke? And he was like, well, it just seems like a nice round number. 28. <laughs> We'd have been surprised to get them in an hour. So, of course, then the betting starts and then uh, you get into the, the training for, <laughs> there's like a, a rocky montage of Luke getting into training and getting ready to stretch his stomach muscles for this uh, challenge. So, the f- it's like the first man versus food challenge was in Cool Hand Luke, 1967. So, 50 eggs in an hour. And, uh, I mean, the scene is just fucking, it's brilliant. You it's, know, brilliant. Got it's brilliant in, in numerous different ways, but it, the, in the way it's edited. Mm-hmm. Uh, some say he didn't need an egg at all. Not yeah, I seen egg. that. Where the but some people say he made it got to like eight, and he puked up. They said he got to try. He didn't like eggs, and he couldn't. Newman, Paul Newman didn't like eggs, so he he, he was spit them out into a bin. Together, mm-hmm. uh, oh, you believe he's at? You believe eggs. he's? Oh fuck, you every believe yeah. fucking egg, mm-hmm. and for for that alone, uh, that point in the film, it's sort of it's sort of a bit of comic relief to watch it, but it's also like. It's tense it's a wee bit too. Of like, yeah, you're, going, you're waiting for a because count- there's a countdown, there's a clock, there's a and there's all that sort of stuff, and and the. It but shows the him thought of eating five eggs in an hour. I know, man. <laughs> Fucking fifty. The I love being an egg, but Jesus, sir. Uh, but I, lo- I loved even like the dragline getting them pre-peeled. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, hold on, he's like, ah, oh, man, <laughs> my boy's not going to be pre-peeling his own eggs. Yeah. You know what I mean? So even just the gambling element to it yeah, too. Yeah, like, yeah. how fast can he actually do it? Yeah, yeah. So uh, the scene is just uh, disgusting and brilliant. At the it's same brilliant. time, the thought of everybody's eggs. so into it. Yeah. You can tell. That even though he didn't actually, every all the inmates are just so, or the actors sorry are so into. See, I called them inmates. I'm into it. Now too. Yeah, you do. The, you just that's the all you look at. Actors are yeah. so into this thing happening <laughs> that it's you, you just get all yeah. wound up. By and it's great direction as well. I mean, the the tension that he builds quality. up on it is quality, as you say. And uh, I mean, that final shot of him completely fucking yeah. stuffed is the the crucifix shot. Mm-hmm. Where he is on the table with his arms spread out and his uh, feet folded over. And Paul Newman was able to push his stomach muscles. And that's right. Because so that's that's so, like yeah, there's no because p- this is again 1967. So this is there's no prosthetics. There's no, no. Pl- you know the special effects is very fucking limited, and and there's none. So I mean no. his belly does look like it's about there, to explode. Yeah. It's actually scenes of him walking around and they're rubbing his belly and it's yeah. all protruded out. Yeah. Now, um, you're not fucking too happy about cleaning that cage in the morning. No. Imagine the fucking smell of that. 50 eggs. 50 eggs. Smell. Imagine that camp for fucking next two weeks. Ooh, boy. Uh, so then, yeah, uh, he, he, we, we try and uh, we try and always um, encourage you to get along to watch it. Mm-hmm. We definitely think it's it's worthy. Uh, it's got 100% written on Rotten, tom- Rotten Tomatoes. Tomatoes. You, 100%. 100%. Like, I, is there, there's not, I don't think there's any other I think the aggregate score is like 86 yeah. out of 100 it's absolutely that's yeah. out of 100 of reviews like. yeah it's it's just it's just it deserves a classic status I know classic yeah. sometimes is put on to things <laughs> we tried to argue last week that Clerks was a classic but this is an actual classic um, Clerks is a classic <laughs> it is a classic I know it is it's <laughs> a fucking classic <laughs> fucking fucking care what it is uh, our opinion <laughs> But uh, an actual, but then uh, not, not uh, and I don't want to have a go at it, but I'm not a big Gone with the Wind fan. Gone with the Wind. Uh, I'm not a Gone with the Wind fan, so it's... it's no, it's not my, not my thing, I, I but I, I, I see people... I why it's valued, it's as high as it 
it yeah, is Bob. And the highest grossing film. Because actually, would you believe, in 1967, which is, I think, 28 years after uh, Gone with the Wind was released, it must have been re-released because it was the fourth highest grossing film of 1967. <laughs> And it came out in 1939. Never had that shade forever. <laughs> it, it was it was reined out and uh, and re-refaced the song tune. So, yeah, I don't know why Hollyweird where it was pushing that agenda, well, but just, they were. Just and within Hollyweird, Stuart Rosenberg, who directed it, who picked up the book and optioned it and got everybody to be involved. As you were saying, he wasn't. That was first time director. Yeah, film director. He had done tons of television. Mm-hmm. Um, and the guy was sort of slated. Um, I never even got a nomination for the Oscar, mm-hmm. and it was sort of slate. People were saying it was amateurish, mm. which is. <laughs> but I, I'm at a loss because I've watched a lot of films, and I know some of them aren't rated highly. But you can tell that they look good. Now that's not always down to the director. No, nine out of ten, that's cinematographer. Yeah, cinematographer. Now this cinematographer just happened to be Conrad Hall. Mm-hmm. Conrad Hall. Has been nominated for ten Oscars. He's won three. Right. Butch Cassidy. Mm-hmm. American Beauty. Oh. And Road to Perdition. Fuck. Okay. But he's shot some unreal film. Now, do you think it's a bad director who hires a cinematographer like that? And who manages to get that sort of performances yeah, out I d- of... I don't get why this... Now, because he didn't do much after that, didn't he? He did the Amityville Horror, and he did which one, I got another one of my favorite films, The Pope of Greenwich Village. If you haven't seen with yes, Eric Roberts, yes, it's brilliant. But after that, he went on to teach at the AFI. Right. Some of his students were Darren Aronofsky and Todd Field. Right. And they're Oscar winners. That is, yeah, that is so, quite strange. But the guy never changed his attitude. He was always, Stuart Rosenberg, he, he was always that type of, he brought in the best, and that's what good directors do. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand where this attitude that he, he shot an amateurish or below-par film was, with, and it being fucking cool, and look. And, well, do you get the fucking tinfoil hat out? Is it because it was anti-establishment that it got that narrative, or because Maybe. at the time it was such a big um, fuck you to the system? Mm-hmm. Especially with the anti-war movement that was happening, like I said, in the summer of love and all that. So I don't know, maybe maybe there's something to that. I don't know. Uh, I mean, it it's still, as I said, thankfully with the joy of Blu-ray and the joy of the joy of 4K and stuff like that, the restoration is just oh, it's amazing. It's, it's so one of the pristine. Best I saw. Now, it, it's probably only I, I that think I've just saw Apocalypse Now in 4K. Right. I was just going to say, I think it's the best Blu-ray I've, Blu-ray I've seen. Oh, no, conversion. Blu-ray? No, yeah. it is. That I have so far, it's it's unreal. You genuinely would believe Newman is one of the new mm-hmm. Hollywood <laughs> kids in the block. It's, it's been it's shot so like well. yesterday. Um, so I don't know how they do it. I mean, uh, uh, mm. getting into the mechanics of that would be a fucking nightmare for me because I'm a spoon. Well, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't get but that. But getting stuff, to see the visual difference mm. between the one I originally saw and this, you're just oh, it's, yeah. it's fresh oh, eyes. Oh, like, yeah. So and uh, we 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 hope you will take uh, the time to go and watch it, and we genuinely hope you agree with us. And uh, if you don't, we we don't uh, give a fuck. But you know we we love the fact that you uh, are listening, and maybe you might go and take a look at it, or look at it again. Maybe you didn't like it. Maybe you do love it, and you don't want to watch it again. Yeah, maybe you don't like old films. <laughs> but th- you know the beauty of that. 
God, do you remember the Beatles? I love the Beatles. I don't like old films. <laughs> fuck up, Agnes. <laughs> Just fuck up. You're 28 and you sound like you're 100. And you're called Agnes? <laughs> Agnes, you're a mother. <laughs> but if you don't go to see it, you don't want to watch it, you have to have been intrigued. By that scene in particular. <laughs> now when you watch it, you can know what Mr. Mullen was doing <laughs> in the dark of nights. I'm not going. I'm just going to deny all charges, Your Honor. Uh, <laughs> our pause button's broke. <laughs> Remote and on the physical device. <laughs> now, uh, after me asking him was the copyright to play music, he's just playing fucking Marvin Gaye on there. Fuck here, everybody, turned up, turned up, turned up. Turn up. <laughs> see you later, and uh, we'll see you next week. Good luck. Do you know what happened there? I didn't press stop. We're still going. Why? I don't know. But now they're going to hear real thoughts. Okay. People have been criticizing Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and in particular about the ending. The ending, right? Let's go. Stop.